United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. We've been watching very closely what has been taking place in China. There are a lot of different aspects to this story. One is that we've got trade uh, that is a complication. There's also what we've been watching take place in the South China Sea. Uh, The president has been talking about this issue on and off over the last several weeks. Um, In addition to that, we've been talking about uh, the Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, who has been meeting with uh, his counterparts overseas to talk a little bit about military. There was uh, an incident, not an incident, but there was a moment when a U.S. ship was not too far from Taiwan in the Taiwan Straits. That's not something the Chinese like. We want to put some perspective on this and get a better sense of where we are on this. Vikram Singh is a United States Institute of Peace senior advisor, and uh, he is tweeting at VJS underscore policy and joins us. Vikram Singh, welcome to POTUS. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to join you. Let's talk a little bit, first of all, about uh, what the uh, t- the idea behind the visit was. Uh, the Secretary of Defense, James Mattis, meeting with his Chinese counterpart. What is that intended to do? So um, he met at a there was a there was a summit of uh, of ASEAN defense ministers. That's the Association of Southeast Asian Nations and the uh, Secretary of Defense Mattis and his Chinese counterpart were both at that meeting and they had a meeting on the sidelines there. So uh, this was seen as kind of a good step in, uh, in that a, a, a recent visit planned by Mattis to Beijing was actually canceled. So they spent 90 minutes or so together um, on the sidelines of this meeting. And what we're hearing is that it was, uh, you know, it was probably a pretty frank and pretty tough conversation. I don't think that our differences over this part of the world are going to abate anytime soon, but it's good that the two sides are engaged. China has not as loudly as other countries been very imperialistic in its territorial claims in the South China Sea. How do we see those manifesting itself, aside from the fact that they're trying to manufacture islands? I mean, the fact is they have profoundly changed in the last, say, five years, uh, the balance, the military balance of power in the South China Sea. So the South China Sea is disputed among many nations. It's several archipelagos of islands and from the Vietnamese to the Taiwanese to the Malaysians, um, many countries have con- contested claims in, in these, among these islands and in the South China Sea. China claims 90% of the South China Sea, which is uh, position that is rejected by every other country in the region and by the United States. And the one time it's been tested was when the Philippines uh, took the Chinese to an international tribunal, the Tribunal on the Law of the Sea, to contest their claim to a particular feature, the Scarborough Shoal. That was uh, the Chinese lost that case. So the Chinese were uh, claims were rejected the one time that when they've been tested in an international tribunal, and the Chinese have basically ignored that. They have proceeded to highly militarize the entire area. There are now three airfields built uh, on these uh, on these tiny little islands in this uh, in the South China Sea that could uh, that could host any Chinese military aircraft. I was surprised to note, and I knew that commerce was a part of the reason why this is of strategic importance, but I didn't realize how much actually passes through the South China Sea. $3.4 trillion worth of ships, et cetera, that go through there? Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the, the South China Sea is uh, is the most important shipping lane 
uh, you know, on the planet. I mean, whether it's energy, whether it's goods, whether it's imports and exports going to and from Japan, to and from China, um, it all flows through the South China Sea. So you basically, uh, the, the notion that freedom of navigation through the South China Sea could be uh, uh, compromised is what spurs the United States, other regional powers, and China to want to have uh, the ability to project power into that region. The Strait of Malacca, for example, is a choke point, you know, sort of near Singapore uh, and, and India and Indonesia, where, um, you know, a huge amount of the global energy flow is sailing through this tiny strait, um, which could easily be um, choked off at some point with very few alternatives. So it's an extremely strategic region. Um, all countries, including China, have an interest in it staying free and open, but they also want to hedge. They want to be in the position to, to, to have some control uh, if there were, was ever a conflict in the region. Vikram Singh with us, United States Institute of Peace Senior Advisor. Talk about how, whether or not this conversation, the back and forth between the U.S. and China over tariffs is affecting any discussions on the South China Sea and, and Chinese attempts to uh, be more aggressive in, in territorial claims there? So, I mean, historically, we've generally treated uh, military and geopolitical issues, geostrategic issues and trade issues uh, in separate channels. Um, I expect that most of those discussions are in separate channels now. But the fact that these trade tensions with China are escalating and don't show any sign of being resolved quickly, there haven't been any constructive steps in talks. Uh, We look like we're headed towards yet another round of tariffs on Chinese goods imposed by the United States, um, that also, uh, you know, could offer some leverage on the Chinese uh, when it comes to geostrategic issues like what's happening in the South China Sea. What makes the South China Sea the most worrying uh, for the United States is that the Chinese, uh, you know, they'll claim they claim that they don't ever have any intention of limiting uh, the passage of goods through the area or free passage of ships. But they also claim that they can deny access to, say, military vessels transiting the area. Um, And they're also claiming making territorial claims based on building artificial islands, which under international law don't uh, give a state any additional territory. So the United States is trying to push its way through. If the only tool is this sort of back and forth of we sail a ship and you, you know, fly out and buzz the ship and complain about it, if that's the only tool, it doesn't seem like there's um, you know, there, there's not much there's not much more pressure to apply. But if you started to say we could make some more concessions on the trade front, if you guys would cool it on the uh, militarization of the South China Sea, you could see a different angle opening up. I do not know that that is part of the game plan uh, on the part of the United States. I have to wrap this up, but I'm curious. I had a guest the other day who says that a lot of what China is doing is the continuation of the evolution of a grand strategy that started under Deng Xiaoping, which is for world domination through commerce and whatever it takes to make sure that they control as much commerce as possible. What's your take on that? You know, I think uh, wanting to control as much commerce as possible, wanting to grow, wanting to exert their power and influence as a as a as a world power is is pretty natural and to be expected. Whether it's uh, the intention behind it is world dominance, uh, I think, is, is unknowable. And that's one of the reasons that other countries want to be able to balance China. I mean, we don't you can't know the intent of another leader. And so you balance out 
uh, to hedge against, uh, you know, their potential uh, ill intent. And right now what they've done is created a situation where all of their neighbors are basically, uh, to one degree or another, at the mercy of the Chinese because they are absolutely militarily dominant in that area unless the United States is in the picture. So um, anything they can do that doesn't provoke the United States into participating, uh, their neighbors have no ability to, to, to resist at this point. Vic- Vikram Singh, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Thanks. Vikram Singh is United States Institute of Peace Senior Advisor discussing the South China Sea international developments. He is tweeting at VJS underscore policy. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.